0: The blaze radio network on demand you're listening to pure opelka
1: this is pure opelka
0: with mike opelka
1: only on the blaze radio network
2: welcome to wednesday it is uh, the Radio Network as the announcements have told you it is Pure Pelka as they have added and I am Michael Opelka. I'm so so thrilled to be here I know there was a discussion this morning on the morning blaze with uh, Doc Thompson who I think I should finally expose is not a doctor that is fake news if Doc Thompson ever tries to convince you that he is a doctor he is not a doctor we need to get to the bottom of that. I don't even think he's a Ph.D. I, on the other hand, I do have the, the credentials. I have the right to be called doctor, but I don't force that on anybody the way Doc Thompson and his charade does. I know maybe I'm not supposed to be talking about this. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, because we have important news to get to. But Doc Thompson, not a doctor. Michael Pelka has the credentials, legitimately can be called doctor. Yes, I'm a doctor of divinity from the Universal Life Church in Modesto, California, and the founder of the First Church of the Second Chance, because I believe every single one of us deserves, say it with me, a second chance. Amen. Now today on the program, we have some serious stuff to get into, and uh, we have some, some, some things to debunk. And there's some fake news out there, and fake outrage. And we will, we will take it all on. I want you to be part of the program today. The phone number: triple eight nine hundred three three nine three, eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Going to go in a couple of different directions. Um uh, I, I want to open up with today's vital question of the day and give you results from yesterday's vital question of the day. We we talked yesterday early on the show about about whether or not you would let your kids play football, contact tackle football, because of the questions surrounding the head injuries that we were seeing in the pros. The numbers of pros who are turning up with head injuries are are starting to be disturbing. And we're seeing things happen that could make you wonder if it's a good idea to let young ones play. But then there are all kinds of questions about it. We will talk to Dr. Jorge Rodriguez about that later. Dr. Jorge joins us for Wellness Wednesday at the bottom of the hour. But yesterday, the vital question results on the survey. 49% 49% of you, almost half of you, say we would let our kids play full contact tackle football. 42% say no, and 9% cannot decide. So it's kind of split. We'll check in with Dr. Jorge to get his, his estimation on this. Now, the other question that I want to ask today, because this, this show values history and the lessons we can learn from history, so we always kind of look back. Let's see what happened on this day in history. And on this day in 1909, the Lincoln head penny debuted. The penny with President Lincoln's head on it. And it's been it's been uh, made in different mixes of metals in the past. I know during World War II, we, uh, we needed the copper. So we stopped making the pennies out of copper in World War II. And... Um, some of those pennies for three years, I believe, were made out of steel. But now, the penny the penny appears to be a costly venture. And when you go anywhere, a lot of places round up. I know if you use the, the uh, ride-hailing service Lyft, you're allowed to round up. And then at the end of the month or the quarter or the year, Lyft takes the rounded up fares and donates those monies to charity, which I think is a great thing to do. But the penny to me seems to be a waste of time. So uh, I have encountered people who say, no, we have to keep the penny. I have encountered people say, we have to get rid of the penny. Some people think getting rid of the penny is a gateway to getting rid of all currency and making us go all electronic or a chip, something. But where do you stand on it? The The vital question of the day is it time to eliminate the penny? 51% of you currently say keep the penny. 44% say dump it. 5% of you say we don't know. We, we can't make up our minds. But I'd like to hear from you. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. That's, that's the uh, line you can get in here and express your opinion. Some of you have already said, what the heck, Mike? You're killing me with this. I suppose you're a fan of eliminating all money and going digital. Susan, that's not what I said. At HealthyBody65, that's not what I said at all. Danny, Dan Statuti 70 on Twitter says, Five pennies make a nickel. Accu- accumulating coins is the first step in learning how to save. Danny says he found $80 last year, mostly pennies in parking lots. Mike Wiley, Johnny Vanes says if you ditch it, all you do is increase prices. Stores will round up the 451 becomes 455. Make it cheaper material and code it. Hmm. What I love about this audience is you just don't you just don't uh accept the answer either way. You try to offer solutions or reasons to back up your answers. For example, Danny talking about the lessons to be learned from from counting, I do remember counting change and, and my first little piggy bank or my first little adventure in rolling coins and then bringing them to the bank. But, you know, the change counting machines are disappearing from banks. The bank near us took all of all of the change counting machines out because they said it was just too much trouble. And, you know, if you, if you bring in change, they'll take it in the back where they have the big machine, but the ones in front, they they don't use. And those Coinstar machines, I get mad that they're taken between 8 and 10%. That seems a little excessive. But that's the vital question of the day. So go and answer that vital question of the day. A couple of other issues that we have to get to today. This story, this story uh, that popped yesterday about the lawsuit filed by the New York Times. The lawsuit against Fox News saying that Fox News ran a fake story. And they also said that they ran it by the president for approval. They say that Fox consulted with President Trump on what turned out to be um, a bogus story that ultimately was withdrawn. The, the Fox News outlet killed the story and, and said they did. But this lawsuit is now being jumped upon and reported upon breathlessly so by people on the left. And I want to call out one organization in particular. I want to tell one organization that uh, what you're doing is truly Bravo Sierra. And you know who you are, MSNBC Morning Joe and Mika Brzezinski. If you are upset about this suit if you're upset about the, the charge in this suit claiming that the Fox News Network ran the story by Donald Trump for approval, well, you really have no basis for doing that, Mika. You, you really have no right to do that at all. It, it wasn't uh, just a few years ago that Mika Brzezinski and uh, Joe Scarborough used to let us know during the show when they were live on television in the morning that Valerie Jarrett was watching from the White House and sending them text messages to their Blackberries, and letting them know when they were on target or off target. And Mika was not shy about dropping the names on air. Mika was certainly certainly not afraid to tell the whole world, oh, my gosh, look who's watching. Valerie Jarrett, which meant basically the president of the United States was watching because Valerie Jarrett was the whisper into Barack Obama's ear. So Mika Brzezinski uh, had a problem with apparently somebody running a story by Fox News, Or by with Fox News running a story by the president. Mika Brzezinski this morning breathlessly reporting on this. Now let's remember, a few short years ago, Mika, all excited because the White House is either editing their stories by telling them how they feel about what they said or approving what they're saying. But when the shoe is on the other foot, allegedly, it's in a lawsuit. The White House denies that there was any uh, any story run by the president for his approval. But Mika's not happy about what was done. Listen, this is from this very morning. This is Mika Brzezinski breathlessly reporting on this horrific abuse by journalists and their connections with the president.
3: filed in federal court claims a Fox News report about a slain DNC staffer, Seth Rich, was reviewed prior to publication by President Trump and was altered at the White House's request.
2: So, first of all, if you listen to the very beginning of that clip, you listen to the very beginning, Morning Joe picks the music they play often to match the topic that they're dealing with. The music being played, this is is what the advertising community used to call psychological closure or subliminal advertising, where your mind will connect the two. That's the psychological closure. Your mind will automatically say, oh my God, they're playing Fleetwood Mac's Little Lies. Little Lies is the name of the song as they talk about Fox News an alleged fake story that was allegedly run by the president and then allegedly, allegedly edited because the White House wanted something different said. Pay close attention again.
3: A lawsuit filed in federal court claims a Fox News report about a slain DNC staffer, Seth Rich, was reviewed prior to publication by President Trump and was altered at the White House's request. The lawsuit filed by private investigator Rod Wheeler, who was initially hired on behalf of the Rich family, says his quotes in a May 16th Fox News story were fabricated by Fox News reporter Malia Zimmerman. The story was retracted by Fox a week after it was published for not meeting its standards. The
2: so here we have a lawsuit which will be dealt with in the courts. It's been denied by the White House. Yesterday, Sarah Huckabee Sanders denied there was any connection that the president had anything to do with the story, didn't review it. And the speculation by many folks is that by creating this story, by by putting this story out there, this is the speculation, mind you, that the attention on the Russia scandal would be pushed away, right? Right. That would diminish the Russia. Hey, we'd get all the attention over here. But at the core of this is Mika's outrage over a, a network allegedly having contact with the president on story content. And I go back to what I told you earlier about Mika being all excited that Valerie Jarrett was watching the show that day and approving... What she said, that's not the only time that happened. That's certainly not the only time that happened. As a matter of fact, back in early 2016, when Donald Trump was emerging as the leading Republican candidate during the primaries, Mika and Joe often gave uh, a lot of time to Donald Trump. He had unfettered access. He would call up whenever he wanted they would blow off commercials just to keep talking to the guy who was the leading candidate. They did not have a problem with Donald Trump at all. Based on everything we saw. But guess what? They were helping Donald Trump, too. They were openly admitting to helping Donald Trump. And, and I have proof. And I'll play it for you next on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. your
1: Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to the program. Uh, I was getting into something I thought was pretty interesting as I followed the story of the lawsuit that was filed against Fox News, a suit that said the network made up a story and then at the core of this is a really scandalous accusation that Fox News ran the story by the president and the White House and and they they actually got a change suggested to the story, which, which kind of says, well, the White House is, has a media outlet that it's working on and that it's using. And I waited and waited and waited. And sure enough, MSNBC jumped on it. Morning Joe. Mika and Joe jumped on it this morning. When they introduced breathlessly introduced the news about this story.
3: A lawsuit filed in federal court claims a Fox News report about a slain DNC staffer, Seth Rich, was reviewed prior to publication by President Trump and was altered at the White House's
2: request. See, this this is probably the greatest crime against journalism in the in the mind of Mika and Joe, mostly Mika it sounds, because Mika's also the one who was quite breathless when Valerie Jarrett used to send her text messages during the show to let her know whether or not they were doing the story right when they were supporting Barack Obama. Well, all of that, all of that gets tossed out as well when you hear from just a year ago, Mika and Joe just, just talking to Donald Trump live at, uh, at a long-form interview during the primary season, and they were just about to go back on air when a hot mic caught them asking questions. Mika, in fact, said, you don't want me to do the ones with deportation, and Trump said, that's right, nothing too hard, Mika. And she says, okay, listen. What do you have after this? I make a speech, uh, ah. get on a plane, make a speech. I'm working. I'll tell,
4: tell you what, the Bloomberg poll, all the polls out today look great in South huh? Carolina. All of
2: them. Yeah. Look good. Well, well, so, but I'm being hit. You know, they're spending
4: $75 million in negative ads on me over the last two weeks. Are they catching on at all? no? That what way. do you think? Are they catching on? No. They're Who's vicious. That? They're spending a tremendous amount on negative ads on me. No.
3: You know what I thought was the um, kind of wow moment was the guy you brought up on stage. Yeah, that was good. Um, we played it several times this morning. We played, we played it up played against it Obama. They're both
4: guys. Both, both guys. What we did is we played Obama first. The
3: young guy. And was then the we champ.
4: played the guys. Actually, right. I watched your show this morning. Mm. You have me almost as a legendary figure. I like, no, well, i tell you, this morning, what we, what we basically said today was we were completely okay. wrong about the totally. debate. Yeah. I thought. Well, I thought I did really well in the debate show, <laughs> I have to tell you.
3: I did. not <laughs> Yes, Alex? Three
4: viewer questions. You, you did not, right?
3: Oh, my God. I was like, yeah. he's melting down. I think it's really? going to explode. I thought your head was
4: going to explode. We were wrong. I did. We said you what? Your we were head wrong. was going to oh, explode. Oh, no, yeah.
3: no. I thought I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter was oh, forget at By at the way,
2: By the way, he told me. I was having fun.
3: Oh, my God.
2: So they were talking about all the stuff there and said, you don't want me to do the questions about deportation. That's right. Nothing too hard, Mika. Okay, she replies. Collusion? Is the White House, or now then candidate, now White House resident, directing the content on MSNBC? Double standard. Come on back. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a wellness Wednesday. We're waiting to try and get Dr. Jorge on the phone. He must be, sometimes he gets busy in the office. He actually calls us during office hours. So if it's a particularly busy week, every now and then they can't drag him out of a treatment room to be on the radio with us. Somebody needs his help. So I'm going to duck back into real quickly The uh, story I was talking about before exposing the fact that Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough just about a year and a half ago were doing exactly what they're shocked about in terms of the claim of this lawsuit, this lawsuit claiming that Fox News was actually taking direction from the president on a story. Well this was Mika and Joe Getting direction from then leading candidate, Donald Trump, on how they, how they should be handling the interview, and this was caught on a hot mic. Person. Oh, okay. do
3: you don't want me to do um, the ones with um, um, deportation? We really have to get you some questions. Law?
5: That's
2: right. Nothing, nothing too hard, Mika. Okay. Well, ours again. Look at that. Nothing too hard, Mika. Okay. You don't want me to do the ones with deportation. Nothing too hard, Mika. Okay. Dutiful servant, Mika Brzezinski. It's amazing. It is amazing that this this story is not on the front page of every conservative outlet saying, hold on a second. Look, if Fox did what they did, and they obviously had a problem with the story because they retracted it, but if they did what they did and if the White House was involved, there needs to be notice on that. But we also can't have indignation by members of the left-leaning press when they did it with, with Obama and they did it with then-candidate Trump. It's disingenuous. It's dishonest. And it, it, it is exactly the kind of thing that this lawsuit from The New York Times is talking about. So, amazing. Amazing. Uh, we'll, we'll hold on to see if we get, um, if we get uh, Dr. Jorge here. I'm going to have to move through a couple other stories. Dallas is working hard to get the doctor, so we will see. And I'll follow this Fox story. Um, again, the White House denied there was any connection. The White House denied there was any time that they ever ever had Donald Trump reviewing and correcting Fox stories. That, that's just, look, Fox may be in the tank for Trump in a big way. We've seen a whole lot of stories and a whole lot of comments from some anchors on Fox who are uh, blatantly supporting Donald Trump. But, you know, so, so were Mika and Joe. And they did the same thing when President Obama was in. And I don't know if you heard that thunderclap, but I'm just hoping we stay on the air here because we are having a raging thunderstorm move through, move through the uh, woods of Delaware today. It's pretty crazy. Um, a little distressed that we don't have Dr. Jorge here to talk about all of the things we wanted to talk about. He said he was dying to talk about the Queen's drinking last night. Last night he and I were exchanging notes about what we we're going to do, and he was very excited to deal with the queen's drinking, and said he had some sort of uh, some sort of very exciting uh, joke that he wanted to tell. I have no idea what the hell it is, but we shall see. We shall see. Uh, the The stock market has good news for us today. Stock market in uh, fine form, or in record territory, and the president was uh, taking. Taking the bow on that, talking about the economy yesterday. The market has reached yeah. an all-time high today. Does unemployment just hit question. a 16-year low. How you doing? Good. So Donald Trump taking the bow as he should for uh, all the good stuff that's happening in the economy because, you know what, uh, he's going to get the blame. You should always take the credit because the blame is never far behind. The president continued sharing some of the economic news. Job-killing regulation, these folks know that very well, and pursuing bold tax cuts so that our companies can thrive, compete, and grow. We would love to see bold tax cuts, sir. I just don't know if you can get Congress to move, and that's where the problem is. The jobs are coming pouring back. Factories are coming pouring back into our country. Yeah, well, we need to keep sure, keep keep having more jobs coming back into the country. The Foxconn deal that you announced uh, last week was critical and a very important piece of the pie. You don't hear too much from the media, but I think the media is going to actually be forced to cover it pretty soon. They're going to have no choice. So the unemployment numbers, if there's an improvement, if we see an increase in pay, I think you will see the media have to get behind it, but we're waiting to see. Now, the president also was talking about uh, having more income in the hands of the people by tightening up tightening up the uh, the access to visas tightening up on immigration so that 's kind of key as he put it to making sure that people who come here are not competing with Americans for key jobs. They found out that a lot of those a lot of those folks who were coming in on those visas weren 't coming in under skilled labor positions, which uh, usually that's what those HB1 oh. visas were for. And a lot of those uh, medium-skilled people or sort of semi-professional people were actually competing with Americans in a big way and effectively suppressing salaries, which is that's, that's an unfortunate thing. And this is the, the president made this merit-based legal immigration bill endorsement announcement just before we started the show today it is uh, ultimately for a better america and senator cotton and senator purdue two republicans from uh, from arizona and georgia were side by side with him so i think this is a good step you know we we certainly have a a very long way to go on immigration we have a hell of a long way to go on immigration but we uh we took a baby step today I'm, I'm hoping. Uh, Dallas, I don't know if you can hear me because I can't hear you guys. Uh, at least you're not talking to me now. And uh, pardon me for pulling back the curtain, folks. No Dr. Jorge. All right. That's the message I got. Well, we will carry on, and he may join us a slight bit later. There's a story I wanted to point to you on The Blaze from uh, my friend Dave Urbanski, a guy that's been writing for The Blaze for quite a while. I think he's in his sixth year, fifth or sixth year. Dave wrote a story yesterday that I think relates to some of the government involvement and pressure into college life and work life. And uh, this one deals with Title IX. And this is a star athlete who said she felt harassed and threatened by the college after she insisted that her boyfriend did not abuse her. This is one of the crazier stories I've seen. This is a a USC student who's a star player on the school's tennis team. Star player. She said she felt, quote, misled, harassed, threatened, and discriminated against by the Title IX officer after she insisted that her boyfriend, who happens to be a football player, did not abuse her following an accusation from a third party. Zoe Katz is a, a senior, 22 years old, big time college tennis player, nationally ranked, and uh, her boyfriend is the kicker for USC, Matt Bormeister. And somebody said uh, that that Bormeister, they had witnessed Bormeister abusing her. Well, it turns out that according to according to Zoe Katz, this was you know they were roughhousing and there was no abuse, assault, anything else. But the school and the Title IX officials. Kept telling her, "Well, you know, you're 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 probably afraid of him. You must be afraid of him," and she had these repeated questioning periods that she called interrogations. They told her she was a, a battered woman. They stereotyped her, said she must must feel demeaned and absurdly profiled. She said, uh, "The domestic violence that she understands is terrible, but it doesn't apply to." to her or to the relationship with her boyfriend. They've been together over a year. The uh, gentleman involved has not been arrested or charged with a crime. He kicked the game-winning field goal at, at last year's or this January's Rose Bowl. He was suspended from school, barred from campus, and from meeting with any trainers or teammates. He has not been arrested. This is the allegation from a third party. This is again what happens when the rule of law gets suspended. When you go onto a college campus and suddenly it seems as if there is no constitution. That these college administrators and these, these offices like this Title IX office suddenly have control over everyone. And the individual rights of the person protected in the Constitution have no meaning on this campus. Ms. Katz said that this was a false investigation. The alleged victim has come forward and says it's a false allegation. She says she's afraid of the Title IX office. I'm sure I would be too. These are people who, who wield such power that they're going to, they're going to threaten the, the career, the college career of, a, of an all-star athlete. She put out a statement that said, the USC I know and really love upholds values like family trust and excellent. Facts and fairness are supposed to govern Title IX, not agendas, intimidation, and falsehoods. I am so sad that a rogue group like the Title Line office can bring down this amazing school. On behalf of all Trojans, I have to speak up. But more importantly, I'm speaking up for myself and for Matt. I will not permit anyone to portray me as a victim. I am not. Nor will I stand by silently and watch a good person like Matt be railroaded by a rigged system. She goes on to finish saying, Matt Bormeister did nothing improper against me. I would not stand for it, nor will I stand for watching him be maligned and lied about. I implore the USC community to stand together and stop this from happening to Matt or anyone else. Now, here's the, the interesting, closing statement. A USC spokesperson says the university has concluded its investigation, and that Bormester is no longer enrolled at the at USC. The school followed up saying they stand by its investigation and accounts provided by multiple witnesses. As previously stated, student disciplinary records are confidential. If students involved waive their confidentiality rights, the university will offer a detailed response. Therefore, the two students whose lives were most affected can waive their rights and allow the reports out, but the people who made the allegations will more likely... Stay confidential, meaning the full story will never be told. College campuses have become the sanctuary cities in the education world, but in the worst way. They are sanctuaries to progressives, radical progressives who will have their way no matter what. These two victims at USC are proof of that. Read the story. Pay attention. And we'll get to the second chapter in this college question today when we talk about affirmative action a little bit later. Right now we've got to take a break. We'll be right back. on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We got confirmation from uh, Dr. Jorge that he will be joining us uh, just after the top of the hour. And we were correct. He had a patient. (laughs) He was dealing with a patient. So uh, I can always say, yes, save a life, please. Save a life, Dr. Jorge. Uh, we, we have uh, some very interesting things to share with you coming up, including one that made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Uh, if you have a dog that wants your attention and is constantly bringing up uh, a squeaky toy and squeaking it on you, I don't know if you've seen the video of the dog honking the horn in the parking lot while the owner is apparently inside the store. It's one of my, one of my favorite bits of uh, video bouncing around the internet today. It is the the dog is sitting in the driver's seat and just repeatedly honking the horn on the car. Just will not give up, won't stop honking the horn. And somebody recorded it, put it on the uh, on their Facebook account. That's what it sounded like. The dog keeps looking for the owner, then goes back into the driver's seat. Anybody who's had a dog with a squeaky toy that wants your attention when you're trying to watch television knows what I'm talking about. Good for you. The dog's name? Diamond. Getting impatient for the people Inside the store in Grove City, Ohio. We love you, Diamond. Keep it up. (laughs) Michael Pelka stepping aside. When we come back, Dr. Jorge and a slightly delayed Wellness Wednesday, but nonetheless important. Come on back after the news.
0: Pure Opelka
1: with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The Blaze Radio Network on demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
1: This is Pure Opelka
0: with Mike Opelka. Only on
1: the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Piro Pelka. It is a uh, Wellness Wednesday here at Piro Pelka. Just a little bit delayed. We'll get to Dr. Jorge in just a second. I am watching as, as uh, the Dow Jones touched the 22,000 22, mark just a few minutes ago, pulled back, you know, some people took some profits. It's still in positive territory today, the Dow Jones, and uh, I'm just reminded of Vanity Fair editor and MSNBC contributor Kurt Eichenwald and his statement from September 26th of last year when Kurt Eichenwald wrote on his Twitter account, In preparation for a completely unpredictable Trump presidency, I sold all stocks in my kids' education accounts today, I urge you to do the same, Mr. Eichenwald. <laughs> I wonder how your kids feel. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, that I have complete and utter confidence in the high levels of the stock market. I'm just saying that kind of knee-jerk reaction on either side is rarely a good idea. Rarely. You know, what goes up will eventually slide back a little bit. They're called market corrections. But currently, the market's doing all right under Trump. And a lot of people are liking, making a lot of money. It's just the Eichenwald kids might be going to state schools instead of to a uh, private college. I, I'm just throwing that out there. Wednesdays, we like to call Wellness Wednesdays because we get our friend Dr. Jorge Rodriguez on the phone. DrJorge.com is where you go. If you want to keep up with his exploits and keep it real, Uh, I've known Dr. Jorge now for uh, over a decade, respected his work. He's not just an he's not just a doctor. He he plays one on TV sometimes, too. And uh, he's he's also putting his own beliefs out there, trying to make sure if he tells us to be healthy and cut something out of our diets or exercise portion control, he's trying to do it himself. So I I appreciate Dr. Jorge for doing just what he's always done and keeping it real. And um, he was helping somebody. That's why we didn't have him at his usual time. So I'm happy you're here now, sir. You got a couple minutes for us, Doc?
5: I do. I do. I'm totally yours.
2: Okay, good. Good. Thanks for having me on. Always. Always a pleasure. And and if you guys need to know more, as I said, go to drjorge.com. Doctor, yesterday I spent a little bit of time talking about the Queen of England, who at ninety-one years old consumes four cocktails a day. <laughs> I know. And, I think that's incredible. I mean, I read up on it. She she actually consumes three cocktails before
5: one o'clock, right? Some <laughs> gin and Dubonnet. Uh, she then has wine with lunch, and then she ends up with a dry martini before one, and then she at night she has a glass of champagne, as one should do, right? Going
2: yes, to of course. So. <laughs>
5: well,
2: it's they, they say that, that this level of consumption qualifies for, uh, I guess, heavy drinking—not necessarily binge drinking, but heavy drinking status.
5: Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I would say so. Having four drinks a day—I mean, that's heavy drinking. Um, you know what's what's interesting is—I mean, I know I think a lot of people—and maybe you were implying this—that that might correlate. You know, with the fact that she's ninety one and has lived you know that long, uh, from what I was reading, she has a lot of other peculiar habits. you know, when it comes to her diet, she insists on having a slice of a certain chocolate biscuit cake every day. You know, they make the cake, she'll have a slice of it every day until it's gone. You know, they bring the cake with her when she goes to Scotland or wherever. Uh, she has a little bit of chocolate at night. so but that that is a large amount but, of drinking. But, you know, there are studies that show that up to a couple of glasses of, for example, red wine a day are good for your heart. Um, uh, but if you ask me um, if this is something that contributes to her longevity, the fact that she drinks this much, I, I think it's more about the fact that she's the queen of England and really doesn't have a lot to worry about, you know, and the daily stresses of life that may contribute more to her longevity you know, than, than to her drinking, but there's a, a large amount.
2: What about but. heavy, the head that wears the crown doc, you know, isn't there pressure well, for, it, or, or do we go with the Mel Brooks assessment? It's good to be the King.
5: <laughs> it's always good to be the King, you know, and if that were a true monarchy, right, where she's the one, you know, that had to, you know, put the laws down and, you know, all that, then then there would be more pressure, but really the English monarchy they're basically a figurehead. Parliament, you know, is the one that, that rules. You know, they, they come over to the Queen every once in a while, and they curtsy. And, you know, and, and I, first of all, I love, for some reason, the monarchy. But, come on, they really are not under a lot of stress. They go to public events. You know, they represent uh, the United Kingdom. Um, but when someone moves your cake around as you need it, seriously, your life is not that awful. That, that's just my take on it.
2: Well, so. you know, I hadn't thought about the lack of stress thing, and that is always yeah. a contributing factor in the breakdown of people's physical uh, makeup, and, and stress does a, a lot of bad things to us. Yeah. So I guess you're yeah. right, but if you watch The Crown, that series on, uh was it, Netflix? Loved or Yeah, I it. Yeah, I loved of,
3: it. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah d- it wasn't an easy gig in the 50s and 60s for the Queen. No. It was
5: kind of tough. No. I- it was, and then again, she was in her 20s when she became queen. It was during World War II, um, you know, and, of course, she had Winston Churchill there to, to help her, you know, to, to teach her. But, you know, there, there are many things. There's, you know, genetics. Uh, you know, she probably has the best health care, you know, that, that money can buy. So so there are a lot of factors. I don't begrudge anybody having a couple of drinks um, you know, a day, maybe she naps after she gets drunk at one o'clock. I don't know. I mean, There are studies that show that taking a two hour nap every day also, you know, um, helps your longevity. So a lot of the older, more established cultures, you know, like the Hispanic culture, the Latin culture, the Italians, the Greeks, they all take naps. And it's been shown that that definitely helps you live longer, you know, to sort of recharge and then get back to it.
2: Well, Elizabeth Ooh. certainly is a, a good example of long life at 91, and, and maybe, I yeah. don't think she gets drunk. I think she just gets a little buzzed, and like maybe you said, she takes that <laughs> afternoon siesta. And, uh, and they,
5: I, 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 had, I had some friends in Dallas when I lived there, and one guy was uh, English, and he had a, one of those English sense of humor. And his joke was that the Queen Mother and the Queen, right, back when the Queen Mother was alive, were having lunch. And the queen says, oh, I'll have another glass of, you know, wine. And the queen mother says, Lilibet, do you think you should? After all, you have to rain all afternoon. You know, she has to rain. It's not like she has to go to the coal mine. So <laughs> I know <laughs> yes, I a be- the joke.
2: It's okay. It's
5: you know, but- okay. Yeah.
2: That's okay. Leave the comedy to the professionals, Dr. Please. Uh, you've always
5: said that. I keep trying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: our, our friend, our friend Ms. Johnson would probably say the same thing. <laughs>
5: yes, she would, wouldn't
2: she? Uh-huh. <laughs> but now the the other question we talked about yesterday and we actually talked to a former NFL player who spent 10 years in the league uh playing defensive back and free safety. And we talked about CTE and the recent studies of the brains that were donated to the NFL. And my question to parents was, do you think you would let your kids play football, full contact, tackle football, knowing what we now know about CTE? And uh, his statement, doctor, was, look, the league is paying attention to it, obviously. And technology, he believes, will start making it better because a lot of these brains are from people who played in years when when uh, the helmets weren't as good. So uh, yeah. w- what's your take on this controversy?
5: Um, my, my take is that definitely uh, the constant contact and the constant banging around of the brain. Remember the brain is basically um, clay if you want to, with maybe a half an inch or a quarter inch of fluid surrounding it, and then a very hard shell around it. So even the slightest jolt it is going to cause you know, some bruising, some damage. Uh, first of all, let me just say that I am a rabid uh, college football uh, fanatic of the University of Miami. So I love, love football. Um, you're right. And then those results are swayed by the fact that people that suspected something was going on donated, you know, that person's brains. I think that if I had kids that were playing football, they definitely have to wear the best helmet. I think there is an increased danger um, of them suffering some damage in the future. and and things do will probably improve. so it, it's it's up in the air. You know, my heart says, "Oh my God, you can't abolish football, but you have to really be sure, you know that that the kids are padded because I have no doubt that it does contribute in almost everybody to some degree. You know, some degree of um, of brain damage.
2: Well, you so you know intense. until you until you break it down and put that picture in somebody's head, so you're you've got your skull, which is the hard shell that we all think protects, and then there's sort of a water barrier that yeah, that this
5: thin water barrier, yeah,
2: yeah, and and so it the brain will move when jostled, so it could Absolutely. slam against the wall of the inside of the skull. And there is a concussive effect that could damage some of that soft tissue in the very soft tissue. Very. And uh, yeah. I, I, you have to you have to be able to think about it in your head. Now, I'm I'm a fan of football and I, I don't want to see it go away. Oh, by the way, um, you said Miami.
5: University of Miami, Hurricanes. Yes, OK, sir.
2: I, I think I think Burgess Owens played for University of Miami.
5: I don't I don't know if he did. Could be a lot of a lot of great football stars. He was a, like a first Randy. round
2: draft pick of the New York yeah. Jets and, and played uh, ten years in the NFL and he's yeah. he's still rock solid, but my conversations with uh Gail Sayers, the Chicago Bears, great. It's like talking to a four year old and he can't write his own name down. And it's heartbreaking yeah, that's, because
5: that's his body's still that is good. Heartbreaking. Yeah, that that is very heartbreaking. I mean, I think personally, I, I think some of the the things that we've seen, even though, for example, Muhammad Ali has Parkinson's, I wonder how much, you know, of that constant beating, you know, that for example a boxer takes. If you look now, and I'm also a fan, you know, of believe it or not, of rodeo, and if, if you look at bull riding, you know, now the bull riders are coming out with protective wearing protective gear. And a lot of the purists say, oh, that's not really bull riding. What happened to the old hat? Well, you know, the, come on. You're falling off of a bull, you know, I and mean, your, your head is being thrust forward. And and we really need, you know, to take care of the athlete first and foremost. Uh, yeah, well,
2: anybody, and you and I are both fans of PBR. I, I know that. and And we've yeah. had those guys on this show talking about upcoming events and stuff. And anybody who says wearing a helmet and or body armor when you get on a 1,500-pound angry animal is dumb, should take the bumpers off their car and not wear a seatbelt when they yeah. drive home because that's what already, they're saying.
5: Exactly. If, if they already say that, then they already have some damage. You know, it's, it's come on, where does the machismo end, you know, and the, the safety start? And we, we really need to look at that because, come on, a lot of the sports that we love are basically modern gladiator sports, and <laughs> yeah. there, there, it is, and there's a price to pay at the end of the day, so you can well, never be too safe. I,
2: I I always like to get the opinion of a professional after we spend the day yesterday talking about this stuff. Now, tonight, are you back on, uh, what is it, Collide? I am, is that-
5: I am. I am. I've lost another couple of pounds this week, and again, by doing moderate stuff, just kind of You know, cutting down um, portions, cutting down certain fats. I'm really moved by all the mail, you know, the email and the tweets that we're getting, people telling their stories. There have been people that have lost hundreds of pounds, and and I think that's very motivating. Yes, today I'm going live to the Orange County Fair, where I'm going to be surrounded by fried Oreos, right? Fried butter, Mm. and Mm. it's all about talking about how in that environment even then you can make wise choices what you should do and i have a a great guest star today her name is barbara venezia who had a she's sort of like the lucy the i love lucy of nutrition kind of a a smart dinghy gal and she's a kick and she's lost 12 pounds and we're going to talk about her secret of how she did it so it's going well so please join us
2: Well, good. Join Dr. Jorge tonight, I think it's 5.30 Eastern, 8.30 on the West Coast on Collide.com.
5: The other way around, 8.30 on the East Coast, 5.30 on the West Coast on Collide.com. Yep.
2: Okay, good. 8.30 East Coast, 5.30 West Coast, Collide.com. And uh, I, I I don't know how you refuse the funnel cakes. The, you know that's one <laughs> serving, Doctor. It's not meant to be cut up and split apart. Please.
5: Well, you know, come on. You know, moderation and everything. Maybe you can get a taste, but it's a slippery slope. It's like having a taste of heroin.
2: You know. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend, uh, Doctor Jorge welcome. at drjorge.com. Wellness Wednesdays with our friend. It's all about common sense and uh, being responsible and taking control of your own health. We'll talk again next week, sir. Thank you. I'd love it.
5: All right. Have a good week, everybody.
2: Take care. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
1: Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just uh, before we got started today, I did what I do every day. I have a little lunch before the show. And unlike the queen, I do not have a cocktail. Sipping a big cup of uh, water at the moment. And then I take my relief factor. I've been taking relief factor since... April 7th of this year, and it was because I had pain in my knees, my back, my neck, my hips, and I was told that this uh, high-quality fish oil combined with essential nutrients would help. Physicians made Relief Factor, and they they used wild-caught fish oil and, and pure botanicals, and I will tell you it's helped reduce the inflammation in my knees and my hips and my back to the point where I'm I'm back doing a lot of the things I was doing before. I'm not running marathons, but I'm out taking longer walks and actually doing short runs. And I'm real happy about it. So is Patricia from Michigan, who called us to explain her success with Relief Factor.
3: At one time, I was in constant pain in my knees and hips. I'm 72 years old and thought, that's what happens when you get old. I heard about Relief Factor on the radio shows. To my surprise and relief, it took away my hurt. I can get out of bed easier in the morning, and even damp and rainy days don't bother me as much. I started out taking three doses per day, but now only take two. Thank you, Relief Factor, for letting me know about this wonderful product.
2: Well, you know, I started taking three a day, too, and and I'm still taking three. And on days when I overdo it, I can take an extra and everything's fine. Check out the 3 week quick start pack. 3 weeks, 95 cents a day is what it works out to. It's 19.95 less than a cup of coffee a day. Go to relieffactor.com or call them 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Oh, well, we have a lot to get to today. I know, I know it's it's uh, we we've, we've had uh, this the story about how MSNBC got caught got caught telling, telling fibs or at least salivating over the lawsuit filed against Trump when they've been doing the same thing and uh, we we had uh, the proof uh I I was going to jump all over the story earlier about the um dog anti-vaxxers and then I know Glenn covered it a bit this morning but it's too good not to cover so when we get back we will get into that story to show you the science deniers and then um, I have to get, I have to really get into this story about a uh, New Jersey security guard who did something quite unusual on his first day at the office, and it makes you wonder about the people who hired him. So uh, we, we've got a bunch to get to. Additional information that I was going to try and get into Dr. Jorge. Maybe I'll get it next week, but uh, surprisingly enough, if you like meat, beer, butter, salt, egg yolks, and coffee, there may be some really good news for you. If you're a person whose diet consists of red meat, beer, butter, egg yolks, coffee, and salt, I might have some really good news for you. Come on back after the break. I'll share.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, the, the midway point of the show, halftime. And um, I will tell you the, the vital question of the day is getting some interesting responses. As we brought up the fact that the penny, the Lincoln head penny was released on this day in 1909, and I incorrectly did the math. I think I said it was 118 years ago. That's a little wrong. It's 108 years ago. So thank you, Vast and Unpaid Resource Department, for correcting my math. Every now and then you miss one. But you guys are there to back me up. And uh, I, I appreciate it. But currently... 51% of you say, keep the penny. And anybody who says, keep the penny, I say, are you a capitalist? Are you a capitalist? If the penny costs us money, why are we keeping it? And a lot of you have good reasons. 44% of you say, dump the penny. 5% of you say you you can't really figure it out. But uh, some of you had some really good answers to this, and I appreciate you. Especially those who said, "Look, uh, if you ditch it," Mike Wiley said. "This, if you ditch it, all you do is increase prices, and the stores will round up, and four four fifty one becomes four fifty-five. Mike suggested we find a way to make a cheaper penny. Which wouldn't that be interesting if we could find a way to make a cheaper penny? I saw something at uh, Freedom Fest that I thought was very interesting. It was a company that found a way to create fractional gold, fractional gold. In other words, you don't have to buy a a solid gold ounce and carry it around with you and that's worth, you know, whatever it is, 13, 1400 bucks, because how are you gonna use it if it has to be money? But they found a way to melt gold and spray it into a a thickness of about, about a human hair and it comes in in sizes of like oversized bills and you can put anything on it. I I posted some pictures after Freedom Fest, but I I should put, I'll post some more. But it's interesting because the weight is still important. It's a 10th of a gram, which means it's about four or five bucks at current value. So instead of carrying around ounces of gold, which you, how would you use them in transactions? You could carry around uh, like a wallet full of these four or five dollar bills, and market conditions would would set the value. They had tenth of an ounce uh, or tenth of a gram, a quarter of a gram, and some uh, thicker ones that would be worth more. It's a fascinating take on it. And uh, I promised you this story. I'll get to this story on on nutrition. I. I want to get to the uh, affirmative action story, and we'll get to that at the bottom of the next hour, but we're also going to talk about uh, Big Brother. Yesterday, I brought up the new iPhone 8 or the iPhone Pro, as it's being called in some communities, and one of the things I'm worried about is the fact that your phone will be looking at you more so than it ever has instead of having the fingerprint recognition on the phone, Apple is talking about putting a facial recognition into the phone so it will identify you that way. And I kind of got a creepy Big Brother feeling out of it, so I'm, I'm wondering if, if that's part of uh, the next package that we should be worried about. And we're going to talk to an expert and an author on that, somebody who knows a little bit about Big Brother. But as we just hung up with Dr. Jorge, I didn't even get to ask him a question on this, but I do know where he stands on one thing. It's been over 10 years that uh, I've been talking to Dr. Jorge about health issues and about how we are smarter in our health and our medicine. And he is a proponent of conventional medicine, but he's also a proponent of trying not to have a whole bunch of medicine in your system trying to manage yourself and eat right and eat better so you don't need medications. And I appreciate that. And we were talking about cholesterol and all the cholesterol drugs that are out there because I think, I think that, that drug Crestor had just hit the market when we first met. And we were talking about people with high cholesterol. And I said, it's because we're so dependent on eggs, isn't it? And he said, no. No, as a matter of fact, I would tell people to eat eggs and uh, I said, you mean egg whites? Like, egg? No, he said, eat them all. Eat the whole thing. He described eggs as one of nature's perfect foods. And now new studies are showing that um, he's right. In fact, egg yolks, long feared to be clogging people's arteries, are now showing to have some positive benefits. It's... It's now, according to the studies that have just been released by Karen Ansell, a New York-based registered dietitian and author of Healing Superfoods for Anti-Aging. That sounds good, doesn't it? Healing, healing Superfoods for Anti-Aging. She said, we now know it's saturated fat, not cholesterol, that raises levels of cholesterol in your blood. And an egg yolk contains about 1.6 grams of saturated fat. A mere tenth of what most people safely consume in a day. And those egg yolks also have vitamins D and B12 in them. So go ahead. Go ahead. Have a couple of boiled eggs. Have a couple of fried eggs. They also talk about salt. And we had New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg at one time was going crazy about the salt and the trans fats and was posting levels of salt and trans fats on menus everywhere. Now, they say this story by by Hannah Sparks, which is an interview with Karen Ansell, the author of this book, talks about excessive salt in the diet was once thought to trigger high blood pressure, hypertension, ratchet up the risk of strokes and heart attacks. And now we've learned that um, that can be sort of counteracted, buffered by potassium. The Canadian Journal of Cardiology study showed that that the dangers of salt are, quote, exaggerated. And in general, adults can have up to 6,000 milligrams of sodium per day with no ill effects. Now, a bunch of us eat 3,600 milligrams every day. So that means you have plenty of room. Put a little salt on the popcorn. Live a little bit. Now, what about red meat? I'm a proponent of... Of red meat in moderation. Now the latest study out of Purdue University and they studied more than two dozen clinical studies and they found you can eat up to three three three-ounce servings a week of red meat and it doesn't affect the short-term cardiovascular disease risk factors. You know high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, and meat has protein and niacin. And it, and it can be part of a healthy diet. Just don't do what the president does. They tell you one of the, one of the dumber things you can do to meat is, is cook it to well done to over grill it, for example, because blackened meat has dangerous compounds. But the same book, this same book by Karen Ansell, maybe we'll get her on, Healing Superfoods for Anti-Aging. Beer beer. That's right. You heard correct. They have emerging evidence that suggests an occasional pint of beer is not so bad for you. As a matter of fact, they found out, especially beer with a lot of hops in it, surprisingly high in silicon, a key contributor to bone strength. And in a six year study that another university did at Penn State, found that, uh, People who drank beer lightly to moderately retained higher levels of heart-healthy cholesterol over time than teetotalers did. Although women are advised to cap their intake at one beer per day. Men, you, you can have the second one. So beer, beef, egg yolks, what's, what else? What's left? Butter? Ho-ho, what's this? Butter? Butter? Butter will never be a health food, they say, but experts say it's not a bad way to dress up your vegetables. They are now calling this a neutral food, neither evil with no discernible link to strokes, heart disease or diabetes. But no better for you than margarine, which often has harmful trans fats. See, I'm I'm a cook with butter guy, butter, beef, beer, eggs, salt. The only thing that's on here that I don't usually, I I haven't had a cup of it in 30 years is coffee. Because I'm a tea drinker. But now they have shown through another study, people who drink up to, are you ready? Six cups a day are less likely than coffee skippers to die of coronary artery disease. Six People that drink up to six cups of coffee a day, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of a caffeinated person in my life. I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of a person coming down the hall. Hi, you want to go for lunch? I've already had my coffee today. Yes, you've already had six cups. I think you've had enough. But all the time, all these people are talking about their quinoa and their kale and their steamed vegetables, which I do like steamed broccoli with butter. Now, steak, beer, butter eggs, salt, and even whole dairy. Everything in moderation, but literally everything. We can all get off the gluten-free, unless it's doctor-ordered, vegetarian, unless you have some kind of a complex, and enjoy life. Have a good meal. And then meet me back here after the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Pure Pelka. I love the do as I say not as I do stories. That's, it's just wonderful. The day after the day after CNN had its Al Gore infomercial, Al Gore's climate change infomercial for his next movie, I please Academy, please people in Hollywood, don't give him another Oscar. I think, fortunately, enough of us are saying, all right, we're tired of this. Enough of the Yeah, we're done. We're done here. And, and if you go to The Blaze, you can see the, the video of the, the guy who's the mayor of the island that three weeks ago, might have been four weeks ago, whenever CNN was spending the weekend talking about all the climate change disasters, they spent time on this, this tiny island which uh, they said the residents of this island support Donald Trump. And they talked to the people and said, yeah, we support Donald Trump. And the people themselves were talking about the fact that it's not rising water. It's beach erosion that's taking their island. And if they had a seawall, they'd be fine. And yet the mayor, who's also a guy that's been a crabber, a crab fisherman for decades in his family on on that island, Faced off with Al Gore last night on CNN, and, you know, Al Gore's just going to get all snooty and try and insult the guy. But uh, there's a story out today that, that has uh, some pretty interesting facts tied to it. Facts? Mr. Gore, God, he's, is he getting a square head? His head is looking more and more like a giant block of flesh than anything else to me, but I digress. Drew Johnson over at the Daily Caller, a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research, posted a piece about Al Gore and uh, pointing out the hypocrisy of the former vice president. And how the hypocritical home energy use of the vice president is one of those do as I say and not as I do things. Al Gore's energy footprint has got to be massive got to be bigger than his shadow bigger than his giant head the former vice president according to a new report from the national center for public policy the former vice president burned more energy to power his his mansion than the typical american household would use for over 21 years al gore The typical American family uses 10,812 kilowatts of energy per year, according to the U.S. Energy Department. Al Gore consumed 230,889 kilowatts at his Nashville residence, which includes a home, a pool, a driveway that has an entry gate with electric meters. Last year alone in September, Gore gobbled up 30,993 kilowatts. That's enough to power 34 American homes for a month. And over the last 12 months, more electricity heated, heated his outdoor swimming pool than six homes would use in a year. So just to keep the Wawa in Al Gore's swimming pool warm would have heated a typical home. Six of them for a year. So I'm sorry, Academy Award-winning Al Gore. You, sir, are a juxtaprogressive hypocrite. I just don't believe that people keep buying this crap from these people. Do as I say, not as I do. My home devours 34 times the energy Of an average house. But you have to listen to me. I need your energy, so you must stop using it. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka.
1: With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
1: This is Pure Opelka.
0: With Mike Opelka.
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Third hour of the show. A lot to do, a lot to take care of, and a lot of stuff coming at us. Today on this beautiful Wednesday, if you missed Dr. Jorge and Wellness Wednesday, if you missed my explanation of the hypocrisy of the liberal media as they salivate over the suit the Times filed against Fox and and claims the president was approving stories on Fox. If you missed the the juxtaprogressivism, the hypocrisy I exposed Out of MSNBC, you have to download the show and listen to the first two hours. It's just that simple. Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough caught red-handed, breathing heavily over the potential of the suit against Fox when they themselves were the ones who asked Donald Trump, are are these questions going to be okay? Nothing too hard, right? Is that okay? And then waited uh, before that for Valerie Jarrett to send her approval of the content that they were talking about each morning on Morning Joe. So, high and mighty folks over in the liberal media, your schadenfreude is also going to betray you. Just a little bit. Uh, there's also a vital question of the day that's posted. Today's the anniversary, the birthday, the first time we saw the copper Lincoln head penny in 1909. And I say it's time to get rid of the damn penny. It's, um, it's a money waster. It's a loser. And I think it's time for us to move on. Just get rid of the penny. And, and we'll, we'll get over it, I'm sure. But you can take the poll. It's on Twitter, at StuntBrain. Also joining us right now, uh, yesterday we talked about the iPhone 8. And the fact that the iPhone 8 is probably going to have facial recognition software on it. And I, I don't think it's going to be optional. I think it's going to be there and and be checking out your face. And then that's going to be available everywhere all the time. And I think somebody who is probably as creeped out about it or ang- as angry about it as I am is joining us uh, right now on the phone. Uh, author Frank Minotaur is with us. Frank has a new book out called Kill Big Brother. I, I want to get to your book, Frank. But first of all, I got to welcome you to the show, sir. Happy to have you here.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me here.
2: Well, uh, you know, Frank, I want to talk about the new book, obviously, but we we also have to talk about some of your previous books, especially since the the running of the bulls has just finished in Pamplona, Spain, and uh, you went off on this this uh, pursuit of what makes a man a man and all about manliness, and you went on this, this expedition, if you will, to chase down Hemingway's route. Uh, you're still in one piece, I take it. How did that come out?
4: I had a couple of close calls, um, and I, I did one, one day put myself in a position where I was very lucky. Um, but no, I, I haven't been injured, but uh, I got to do the, every part of that, that whole sequence. I even did the suicide run at the beginning, running the bulls, where you actually run at the bulls and dodge to the side at the last second.
2: Well, uh, you're a braver man than I, and um, are you a married man?
4: I sure am, and I have a young child, so it's it's doubly stupid. But uh, <laughs> you know, as men, we have to push ourselves and test ourselves. We don't go out and do real things. If we just sit there on video games or even just reading books and, and learning intellectually, that's not going to get us there. As men, we have to go out and physically push ourselves in order to break, wall, break through walls within ourselves to grow up into who we really want to be.
2: Thank you. I'm glad you said that, because I'm having the same conversation, but... Frank had that book. It was out last fall. It's called "This Will Make a Man of You: One Man's Search for Hemingway and Manhood in a Changing World." It's out there, and uh, it's very enjoyable following following Hemingway's path. But uh, I salute you for that. It's a <laughs> it's a, a very interesting quest, and I'm glad you turned it into something that also was profitable, I hope. I assume it was.
4: <laughs> no, it, it sure was. And, and why can't we be both? I mean, why, why do we just have to be intellectual these days? I think a guy like, like Hemingway should be able to sit in a Paris cafe and feel at home and sit in a, a safari tent in, in Africa with lions roaring outside and, and feel good about it. I think that's the both sides of the man, being that courageous hero we all really want to be, but we just don't see today with all these snowflakes.
2: You're absolutely right, Frank. You're 100% right. Now, uh, I want to get into the, the new book. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I was reading the summary of it, and I, this is, I, I jumped to get you in because yesterday we talked about the iPhone 8, and the iPhone 8 is going to be based solely the identifier. It's not going to be on, from what we're hearing, on the fingerprint, but on facial recognition. And I started getting a little creeped out by this. I started getting a little nervous about it. And have you heard anything about this one? Yeah, that's the talk, Um,
4: and it it is kind of creepy to think we're going to have to go into this world where facial recognition is a part of our lives, but you can't stop technology. It already is. What we have to do is control how this stuff is used and where it goes legislatively, which is totally what we need to do. You can't stop technology any any more than the NSA can can stop the the dark part of the web. They'd have to shut down the whole Internet to do that, Um, so you're not going to stop it. Uh, But what scares me about this is the FBI already has a database that has half of the American adults in it. They've been going to states, 18 states have already given them photos from their Department of Motor uh, Vehicle Bureaus. Um, And they've used passport photos and other photos to create this big database. It isn't of criminals, but just of the American populace. And they've done this without government oversight, without reporting this as they legally were supposed to. The government accounting offices this last spring gave them a very hard time about that but, but jumping around the law the way they did to create this database. So the big question is how is this going to be used, especially when you see Motorola now announcing they're going to they, they make some cameras that uh, cops use as body cameras. When I, they're, they're, they're saying they're coming with new technology that will allow that to, to do facial recognition. So could that then be tied into this FBI database, and then a cop could be standing outside of a oh, political meeting, a gun show, a, a, a church, whatever, profiling us and where we go in society?
2: Yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking. Uh, I have one of the um, licenses when when I came up for renewal this last time, it asked me if I wanted to spend the extra, whatever it was, five bucks and get a federally recognized driver's license. And I said no on the kiosk because you can renew automatically. And it said, okay, but just know your your ID can't be used as federal a federal ID. And I thought, wait a minute, what are they doing? And I still went through and got the no. And on the very top of my driver's license is the designation not to be used as a federal ID. Now, no one's ever, I've, I've flown, I've been in and out of buildings in Washington, D.C., and used my driver's license as an ID. No one's ever stopped me, but I assumed my five bucks then was going to fund the FBI's collection of my face. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't
4: seen the reported that, that that is funding it. They, they went and made private agreements between all these states, and that didn't come out until the government accounting office looked into it. Um, So I I think we have to get ahead of this and say, okay, how how should these photos be used? Because this is also a great uh, thing for police officers, because they can identify just through their body camera, they can identify a wanted criminal, for example. I mean, isn't that something we want? If that person really is wanted, they've broken the law, they've given up a certain amount of their rights, we want them caught just for our own safety. But should they be profiling us? No. So we have to insist that Congress gets ahead of this stuff. Uh, We have to understand it in order to tell Congress to get there, uh, which is really drove me to write kill big brother i think we're falling behind the times giving into these false premises that technology by its very nature kills privacy which it does not do it also protects privacy we just have to insist that it actually protects privacy
2: yeah it's uh, you you sound like you have uh, have a little bit of rand paul's thinking in you i i, I appreciate <laughs> I rand yep. <laughs> i i love rand paul standing up for the 4th amendment to let us be secure in our papers and and let us be safe from government constant monitoring And it it just—it sounds like a kindred spirit has been found here. So I'm I'm very happy to make your acquaintance, Frank. We're talking to Frank Minotaur about his his new book, and we've been talking seriously about uh, government intervention into our lives and data collection and facial recognition collection. But the book is a novel. This is not actually uh, a textbook. This is uh, a bit of fiction. Correct?
4: It is. You know, I started it as nonfiction. I've always been a nonfiction writer. But as I, as I spoke to NSA spooks and hackers and computer forensic experts, they all wanted to be on background. It's just the nature of those kind of guys. I ended up in all these encrypted conversations with these interesting people, kind of strange people sometimes, but interesting people. But they just—they all wanted to be on background, and I couldn't write an honest nonfiction book with all the sources being anonymous. You know, it just it sort of was you know, the antithesis of what I was trying to do, so I thought – let me make, make this fiction. Let me use what 's really going on now, make it contemporary, and show people what's really all the laws in it everything talked about is real, but let me put a fictional character and a composite character in there to show where we are now and where we 're going so that people know how to keep their freedom in this digital age
2: well, so entertaining and also a little bit of a how to a DIy on our our own individual protections uh, what, what are what are the basics we can do, Frank to to, to kind of build a, a wall around our information digitally?
4: Well, personally, there, there are lots of things we can do. There, there are apps now. I mean, I, I use Signal uh, that you can use, and then encrypt all your messages, your phone calls, your texts. Um, automatically, depends who you're talking to, um, as long as they have the app as well. And there are other popular apps, and that's actually the one Edward Snowden actually is supposed to use, um, but there are others. And this is all this emerging technology now that's designed to make it more private and to help us. Um, I also use a VPN when I'm speaking to sources and things, a, a virtual privacy network, which isn't that hard to set up, that then cloaks my activity online, does those things. It, again, it isn't that difficult, and these products are getting better and easier to use, so much so nothing scares the intelligence agencies more than an iPhone they can't crack or an encryption they don't have a backdoor into. You know, These, these technologies are taking off to such an extent. I think people are falling behind. They're thinking, I can't do anything. I just have to give all, all my privacy. That's actually not true. There's great technolog- technological ways for you to, uh, to protect your own privacy.
2: Yeah, I think – we just all got a little lazy because the convenience of picking up the phone and putting your thumb on the bottom of it and suddenly you can buy anything, unlock the phone, do whatever you want. Uh, we all wanted it, not now, but five minutes ago. And so to to have to sit and actually set up an app that might encrypt your stuff, a lot of people don't have the, uh, I guess, the four minutes of patience that it takes to get it done. And that's, that's what's concerning to me. Now, you mentioned uh, in the book uh, that uh, the, the book is called Kill Big Brother. It's a novel. But you also mentioned in there, you reveal that what Congress should do with Section 702 of the FISA Amendments Act. Now, as 702 is a particularly interesting piece of legislation or a particularly interesting piece of of uh of that that bit of legislation that's the Massey Lofgren amendment correct
4: yeah and you know if they're what they're doing is they're scooping up and they won't even congress asked Congressman asked them the intelligence agency how many U.S. citizens are you listening on they as a result of this law. Um, And they were unable or unwilling to answer that question. You know, is it millions? Is it tens of thousands? How many are being listened in on? So as a journalist, if I'm speaking to a source overseas or another journalist, or if I have attorney-client privilege and I'm speaking to an attorney, I mean, all that's listened in on anyway, despite my Fourth Amendment protections. So we obviously need the Congress to come in here, not just renew this the way the intelligence agencies want, but to look at this and say, well, wait a second, uh, there has to be a way we can use the Fourth Amendment to apply this, to approve these warrants, so they're not warrantless wiretapping, so they're not going against our Constitution. There must be a quick way we can do that. And the FISA court might be small and unwieldy, but I've got to think in a technological day and age that there's a smarter way we can do that.
2: Well, I hope so. I, you know, it's, it is a... It's a tightrope because you do want to be safe. You do want to make sure that those bad actors outside of the country are not getting free access to, to get in here and, and, and have conversations with people. But I like you, I don't want my conversations listened to. And if somebody says, well, what if you're not doing anything wrong? what are you worried about? My privacy is not up for debate. It, it never has been, it never will be. And it, if you want to help,
4: if they, it doesn't help to give the intelligence agency carte blanche to listen to all of our conversations because they get flooded with too much information and, and they end up missing things they shouldn't be missing. I even saw that at 9 they, 11. They end up missing these basic things. Good police work is what's needed, not they're taking away our constitutional freedoms.
2: Great point. Very great point. It's, it's, it's about restricting it so that you don't have the unnecessary stuff clogging up the system. If you guys want to learn more about uh, FISA 702, it's actually uh, on the Intelligence House Files, and I will, I'll tweet out a link to that, because I think it's an important thing about our security. Uh, I, I don't want to get too far away from the book. The book is Kill Big Brother. It's a novel. It's a thriller. It's from Frank Minotaur, who you, you may know from a more serious and also tongue-in-cheek series of books about manliness. And you can find Frank everywhere, bookstores everywhere. Frank, I hope you will come back. I hope uh, you'll consider this a friendly place to visit and stop by when you have something you want to talk about. Well, anytime. and Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. Have a good rest of your day. I'll tweet out a link to Frank's book and I'll tweet out a link to that 702 and we'll take a break and be right back on Pure Opelka. We're going to get back to the uh, one of the topics here of, that's bouncing around the news. And I, I think the networks have kind of backed off the discussion of the, the news that the Trump Justice Department is going to open up the opportunity for a discussion on affirmative action. We'll get to that in just a minute. I have to remind you of something that I do that works for me, and I, I think it would work for you. As a matter of fact... The people that I've talked to who have used Relief Factor, the all-natural ingredient-based helper that makes the irritation in my knees and my neck and my back go down so I don't have the pain, and it's it's changed my life. I haven't taken a painkiller or any kind of source in months. That's my story. It's worked for so many people. As a matter of fact, people who buy Relief Factor... People who get the three-week quick start pack, which is $19.95, 80% of them buy it again. 80%. So that means it must be working for that 80%. And it's so easy. It comes in these little handy packets with the, the naturally harvested fish oil and the other natural ingredients. The, um, all of I, I want to name them individually, but, but I can't. These are essential nutrients that are there. And they're built by doctors to help reduce the inflammation which causes the pain. If you want to try it yourself, you can go to relieffactor.com. You can also pick up the phone and call them at triple, I'm uh, no, not triple eight. The phone number to speak to one of the people at Relief Factor is 800 500 8384. 800 500 8384. I got a a significant portion of my life back because I can now. Spend time outdoors, walking on the golf course. I'm up and down the stairs, and I don't have the pain. You can get yours back, too. Just uh, It works for so many people. Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com or call them at 800-500-8384. I was mentioning a, a, a couple of stories. Like I said, we're going to get to the, uh, the story about, about the affirmative action and what the Trump administration is planning on doing. But uh, there's a a firm in, in uh, New Jersey that's doing it wrong. A guy who was just starting as a security guard for an armored car service. As a matter of fact, fired on his first day. Fired on his first day because 19-year-old Larry Brooks thought the free samples amounted to... Uh, $100,000. He allegedly stole $100,000 in cash on day one of his job with an armored car company. He was caught on surveillance video systems. You're 19. Your whole life you've been inundated with technology and a culture that has eyes on you from birth and, and to, to everywhere you went. You don't know they're going to have video cameras on, a, on an armored truck holding money? He was caught, thanks to those videos. Security officers and local police were able to recover a bunch of the cash, $85,900, which means Larry might have had a little party. He's been charged with second-degree theft and released on his own recognizance but I'm sure the people from the armored truck company are gonna be doing a little update on their vetting process of their new employees. Day one, you steal a hundred grand, you're doing it wrong, sir. Not that day two would have been any better, but what were you thinking, Larry? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Pure Old Pelka. A lot going on today. Uh, just I, I enjoyed our conversation with Frank Minotaur. I, I thought that was fascinating. Interesting to see a guy like him go from writing uh, nonfiction to fiction and trying to use the, non, the fiction to teach us lessons in the nonfiction world. Fascinating. There are a couple of stories I want to get to before we jump into the discussion over affirmative action, which I think is going to be an ongoing discussion. There's some some crazy news out there. Out of uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, the honeymoon ended before it began. Kate Elizabeth Pritchard, who's just 25 years old, pulled a gun from her wedding dress and pointed it at her new husband. Just hours after they exchanged vows, the police, of course, were called. And according to the police, the newlyweds had been drinking. Gee, you think? The newlyweds. First of all, um, how many wedding dresses have room for a holster? And uh, Miss Pritchard must have been planning on this because uh, I, I really... She had to actually think about carrying a firearm into the wedding. Pulled a gun from her wedding dress. Hello, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You are now ahead of Florida today in Wacky Stories. Also ahead of Florida today, Pelham, New Hampshire, where cops had to help a guy out of a car. He crashed his car. It was a fiery crash. And uh, the tires were exploding because of the fire. Cops showed up and 53-year-old Michael Hines didn't want to get out of the car. He said, I can handle it. I can handle it. He said, I'm a mechanic. I got this. The officers pulled him out anyway. And then when they got him out of the car and they were walking him away from the burning vehicle, he ran back and tried to get back into the car as the tires were exploding. Police thought there might be something suspicious here and searched. And, gee, you wonder why Michael was running back to the car trying to get back inside. Uh, He was charged with possession of cocaine as well as being under the influence when he was driving. Also, a, a, a new thing available on 2018 Ford Mustangs, a new option you can order, the Good Neighbor Mode. I, I've never seen the good neighbor mode on any other car, but this this good neighbor mode is something that came about after an executive at the Ford Motor Company said one of his neighbors called the police on him because he was revving the V8 engine of his Ford Mustang and it was too loud. The police were co- summoned to the house He loves the sound of the V8, but he said, you can't annoy people in your neighborhood. Uh, I found out the hard way. So he had the engineers at Ford actually develop a button you can push, the good neighbor mode button, which actually limits the exhaust noise. Kind of an interesting idea. I wonder if that was part of a negotiated settlement in whatever legal action was taken. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And uh, it's a visual, but I'm sure by now most of you have seen the um, the cow with the face that looks like Gene Simmons' face when he's in makeup for Kiss. This is out of Kerrville, Texas. Kerrville, not too far outside of San Antonio, northwest of San Antonio. I've been to Kerrville. Beautiful part of the state. Well... There's a newborn calf that has black and white markings on his face. And if you've seen the pictures, it's undeniable. It does look like the cow should be owned by Kiss. The people who own the cow have named it Genie in honor of Gene Simmons, who is actually tweeting it himself. So I, I'll tw- if you haven't seen it by now, I'd be surprised. But I will tweet a picture of Jeannie, the cow, who looks like Gene Simmons from Kiss. Let's just hope uh, it's not as idiotic as Gene Simmons from Kiss. Now, the, a lot of folks are, are sparking interesting conversations debate today debating the, the Trump administration and this rumor that the Department of Justice is is going to reopen cases and make available cases involving affirmative action. Last June, the Supreme Court ruled that a, a case involving a white student who was against affirmative action at the University of Texas, they ruled that the schools could continue using race as one of many factors among admission decisions. And I grew up in the 60s and the 70s when America was still trying to wrap its head around its racist past, and trying to heal and move forward. I went to school with kids of many different colors, black, white, brown. There were Asians. There were African Americans. There were kids who said they were just black. They didn't want to be called African American. There are kids from all over. I didn't experience, I don't think, any affirmative action issues when I went to school, but then you started hearing that there were quotas and the universities put in quotas to try and make sure that African-American students, black students, brown students were not disadvantaged. And then when schools realized or when students realized it was a numbers thing, you started seeing Asian students wanting to say, well, we need to represent this number of population of every school because we represent this population of, of people in the country. I, I'm i one of those people who believes that the minute we elected Barack Obama, that affirmative action is done. Now, does that mean there aren't places where there still exists a need to try and help folks who've been disadvantaged in early parts of their lives and may not have had the same advantages in education? I think we should look at it. But overall, I am totally against affirmative action. And I I think it it does create uh, a bias against people who had absolutely nothing to do. I didn't pick my race, and if you're going to penalize me because of the fact that I was born white, how is that any different than someone penalizing someone who was born black? And I realized that there are folks who are going to say, Mike, you have no idea. No idea. And you know what? Explain to me how I'm different. Explain to me. I didn't choose it. That's, that's the same argument that a gay person will give you. I didn't choose to be gay, they will say. An Asian person will say the same. But I'm watching to see if, if this story is going to get legs. I think it will. The Trump administration is, is going to have a new push to challenge affirmative action in colleges. And it will open up a volatile debate. I don't know if it'll head back to the Supreme Court. We'll have to see where this goes. This, is, this all came to light because an internal Justice Department memo that talked about, quote, investigations and possible litigation related to intentional race-based discrimination showed up. Now, I wonder if this is the Trump administration's way of telling colleges the 60 years of, of indoctrinating minds is over, the 60 years of progressive control of colleges is ending. I just wonder, I wonder if something like that could be at the heart of all of this. Watch this space. Affirmative action is going to be a topic for days to come. And we may have a a vital question on it in the future. And a couple of guests who we tried to get on today, but it was a last minute thing, so they weren't able to get here. We'll see. Stay tuned. Uh, When we get back, and I, I am stepping aside here, when we get back, I told you Earlier this year that my two big issues this year are going to be keeping the heat on helping our veterans get the care they deserve, and there was a little bit of news yesterday as some of the money was actually allocated to help our veterans and veterans' health care. Not enough money, but some of the money. And um, the opioid crisis, and I want to talk about both of those because on Monday, we talked about the mayor of Nashville and the fact that her 22-year-old son died of an overdose. Well, there's another famous name who experienced a loss over the weekend. And yeah, I just want to keep the heat on the fact that we have to be moving forward and pressing on the opioid crisis in this country. Uh, this one... This one, I, I, it hit close to home because it's somebody I really respect and I feel badly for he and his family. I'll explain next on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka
2: on the Blaze Radio
0: Network.
1: This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: David Faraday, golf announcer, a guy I've watched for years, and uh, he became an American citizen, and last year they asked him on the 4th of July, was that the proudest moment of your life? It was certainly one of them, Um, it was one of the most important moments of my life, it was the 23rd of February 2010, a a day that uh, I'll never forget. You know, coming from Northern Ireland, you have the choice of being uh, Irish or both, and I never really thought about much about what
5: I was until uh, we won the Dunhill Cup in in 1990 and they raised the Irish flag and played the national anthem and I got a lump in my throat. I thought, well, I'm Irish. And
2: uh, I had the same reaction when... uh, Uh, When I was uh, given American citizenship at my uh, ceremony, uh, I got that lump in my throat again. And uh, it's not a political or a a geographical thing. It's an emotional thing. And, uh, you know, I'm 100 percent American from that moment on. Amazing. He is he is a very talented guy and he chose to be an American. He respects this country. He doesn't talk politics. He talks golf and he has a good time. and He's a really interesting man. And David Faraday's one of those guys you feel like you know him when you watch him. So when he announced yesterday that his his 29 year old son died of a drug overdose this weekend on his 29th birthday your heart breaks for the family. So the opioid crisis is now everywhere. Can we encourage our lawmakers? I'm in touch with one of my senators. I'm in a very blue state, but I'm in touch with one of my senators and we are trying to push every angle, every place we can to get the opioid crisis addressed, at least to have that Narcon or Narcan in, in every household where someone knows there is an addict so their life may be saved. And The next step is to cut off the supply, and then the next step is to help the treatment. We've now lost the child of a mayor of a major city, we've lost the child of a major personality in the sports world, of uh, the the broadcast end of it indeed and countless thousands around the country. What's it going to take to bring attention to this crisis? I don't know. I don't know. But I know we can't afford to lose 30,000 people a year to something that we could beat, and we should be able to beat it. Keep the pressure on locally. Keep the pressure on locally. And as I get ready to get out of here today and make room for Chris Salcedo, that liberty-loving Latino, uh, I remind you, today is August 2nd. Today's the day we lost the first Navy SEAL in Iraq. Mark Lee was killed in Iraq on this day years ago. My gosh, it's, I think it was 2006. Debbie Lee, his mom, a Gold Star mom, has dedicated her life to helping survivors who served in this country, who served in our military, survivors who aren't getting the help they need as well. If you have a moment today, visit America's MightyWarriors.org. Check out the work that's being done to support the soldiers who return and need help, whether it's counseling, whether it's a direction into programs to get the treatments they need, or whether it's just a place to hang out with others who are going through the same trouble. We salute Debbie Lee today, a woman who lost her son, Mark Lee, the first SEAL killed in Iraq. Rest in peace, Mark Lee. And uh, God bless Debbie Lee and everybody with America's mighty warriors, doing great work for the people we owe a lot. To all of our freedoms Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka tomorrow uh, we'll tackle whatever craziness comes up and uh, maybe, maybe we'll get to whether or not that story about hipsters and the people refusing to get their dogs vaccinated because they might get autism is real I have my suspicions it's a funny story nonetheless but I have my suspicions Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
0: Pure Opelka
1: with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.